Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. You know, I'm not I'm not going to talk about you know, prophecy and what's going on in the world today, but like I just want to give you a picture of like I guess what brought me to this to this point, this moment where I'm at and and in this word that that God has given for today. Um, and uh, one of the things that I that I saw and and was reading is about how um, the Euphrates River is uh, you know drying up and and uh, going away. And maybe you've seen something about that. And and you know, somebody mentioned, you know, well, it's prophesied, and I'm, like I said, I'm not going to get into all that. But I was just contemplating. I, I'm, not, I'm not one to go in and say, this is what's happening, this is, you know, like the prophecy being fulfilled, because I feel like, to me, I, I want to live in the moment that God has me in and be used by Him and, and not worry about that. I want to hear it, I want to know it, I want to I do whatever He wants me to do, but I'm not going to get all carried away, if you will, with that stuff. But I just felt like in that moment, the Holy Spirit was just speaking to me and just, and just asking me this question. He said, do you believe it? Do you believe it? And I, and I was just kind of like, oh, well, yeah, like it's this question. Whether I think it's exactly what was spoken in the Bible, and things are, are coming to pass or not, I believe that those things are going to happen, and I believe that God's going to move, and I believe there's going to be this spiritual battle, and all these things happen. So anyway, that got me into this moment that we are right here, and in John 11, starting in verse 1, it says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Now, first of all, I want to just say that she hadn't actually anointed Jesus with oil yet, Mary hadn't, and that moment hadn't happened. Actually, it's the next chapter. But when this book is being written, it was after the fact, and he wants to make a point about Mary, this is the same one that anointed Jesus with oil. And as I think about that and read all that together, you know, and you can't take any scripture out of context or separate it from other ones. And thinking about in chapter 11 is when this moment happened. And then in chapter 12 is when she anointed Jesus with oil and how much power there is in that. And are we going to give up everything that we have? Are we going to say, God, it's all yours? Now, she didn't know it in this moment that's happening. But, you know, he raised Lazarus. Lazarus. Why do I keep saying Lazarus? It's not a TH. But raised him from the dead. 
But not everybody got it whenever she just broke that thing open and poured it all over his feet and wiped it, wiped his feet with her hair. At this point, they've seen Jesus do miraculous things, but they're in a dark moment. They, they've seen the things that Jesus has been walking in and that, that he's been performing miracles in, and God is just like making it happen. Jesus is there with them. And they know him. They get, to, they get to see him and touch him and hug him. But in this moment, they're in a dark, dark moment, and their brother is sick and dying. So they send to him, and they say, Jesus, if you could just come and pray for him, we know that he is going to be okay. So please come. We live in these moments just like them. It feels like some, maybe it's just me. I don't, maybe it's just me. But it feels like there's a lot of these moments, right? Like, God, this, it's, it's so hard right now, and I'm going through all this stuff or whatever, you know? And it's, Tori and I laugh about it, and we're like, man, it's just, there's so much going on right now. And we've said that so many times that we're like, you know what? Tomorrow, next month, the next month, there's going to be a lot going on. Don't, why am I even going to say it? I, I'm, all I'm doing now is just complaining about it. How am I, what is my focus in this moment? What are we doing in this moment? Are we going to complain? Are we going to just talk about that there's a lot going on or it's dark or it's difficult? Or are we going to focus on who he is? So in John 11, 4, 4 through 6, it says, When Jesus heard, he said, The sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might, may be glorified through it. I think we all know the rest of the story, and I'm going to go into it, but I don't think I'll be ruining it for you or spoiling it to say that he actually died. But Jesus in this moment is saying, this sickness isn't unto death, but it's for the glory of God. And you're like, but it's confusing, to say the least. Jesus here in this moment, now we get the whole picture because, right, we're here, they're in the moment, they didn't know exactly what was going to happen. But Jesus is saying, this sickness is not unto death. Why is he saying, it's not to death, but it's for the glory of God. And then he died. How many times do we think those things about what has happened or what is happening? Jesus, if you would just come, if you just be here, if you just come and move in this moment that I'm in, I know you can do something, but he's not there right now. But he says, this is not unto death. What does this word unto means is not moving to or toward death, which, again, seeing it afterwards, we say, 
but it actually was. But you know what else this word, a, a, a more accurate definition of how this is used here is it means that this sickness is not to the advantage of death. That's, that's one of the definitions, and I believe what is being said here, that Jesus says, listen, you may not see it now, but this sickness isn't to the advantage of death, because death doesn't have the advantage over me. It's not unto death, but it is to the glory, to the advantage of the glory of God, that the glory of God would be known. So this sickness is not to the advantage of death because it doesn't have a hold on him. It may look like things are dark or not going well, but those things do not have an advantage over Christ. They don't have the upper hand on God, on who he is, on His glory. They don't have the advantage on our Heavenly Father, the one. See, but so many times, we get to read this story and we're like, oh yeah, I would have believed. And then we sit there in our house in a dark room, mourning, crying, saying, why? Why, God, why? Yeah, we can read this story and think we're going to be all strong, but when it happens in our lives, I'm talking about myself, not you guys, okay? So, you know, it's, it's just a different story when it's happening in our story. But do we believe that it is not to the advantage of what's going on in our lives, but it's to the advantage of God? In verse 5, if I continue on, I don't even know. I, I basically am going to read this whole chapter, so I don't know if I'm going to get to it. So in verse 5, Now Jesus loved Martha and, his, and her sister and Lazarus. He loved them. Right? They even said, the one, the one that you love is sick. You love this guy. Come, please. It says that he loved Martha her sister, and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Now, in some translations, they, they get tripped up and it it's kind of changes it and, and says something to the effect of, but he you know, wasn't able to go. I don't know exactly how they say it, but they don't say so. This word is very important here. He loved them. So he stayed. So he didn't go right away. Can we understand that? Can we even fathom it? That God loves you, so he probably isn't coming to do what you want him to do right now. God, why is it taking so long? Why aren't you moving right now and doing this thing in my life and, you know, helping me and doing this, whatever I want, you know? But he loves you so. 
so he's probably not coming right now when you want. He loved them. Therefore, therefore he stayed. His love kept him, kept him from going to heal Lazarus while he was still just sick. His love kept him and now this is my maybe interpretation or kind of what I feel about it, but his love kept him from going and healing him while he was sick and performing like a smaller, you know, miracle, something that he had already done before. But his love kept him from doing that so they could see more of who he was. And like I said, what do we focus on in the moments that we're in or that darkness that we're sitting in? Because I want to think and see and learn from this and say, God, maybe it's that you love me so much. Therefore, you're not just doing the thing that I want and you're not just doing the easy thing, but you're going to do something that's going to help me to understand even more of who you are and see even bigger miracles in my life. See, even bigger things happen than I can even possibly imagine. I, make, I just can't even comprehend it. But God, maybe you love me so much, therefore you're not doing it right when I say or right when I want because you want to do something even bigger. John eleven seven says, Then after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. He's like, All right, now let us go. We didn't go when they wanted. I'm just going to stay here for a little bit, but now let's go. The, di- the disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and you are going there again? You're going to go back to that place where they were trying to kill you. And this is a, a side little story, but I couldn't pass it up. And in verse 9, Jesus answered, Are there not 12 hours in a day? If anybody walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light in this world. But if one walks in night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. See, I'm not sure exactly what they were thinking, but maybe they were thinking and and knew that that Jesus didn't have to go to Lazarus to heal him. He could have healed him from a distance. And there were people that were seeking out to kill Jesus where he was going. And like, why do we have to go there? Can we just stay here? Maybe you just ask God to heal him from where we're at. Maybe you could have done it two days ago. I don't know. But he said, we're going to go to Judea again. And he's saying, are there not 12 hours in a day? He's speaking that, is there not work to be done? 
Is there only a set amount of time that I have to do what I'm supposed to do? And if you understand that I have to do the work that I'm supposed to do, and I only have a set amount of time to do it in, and if you walk in the light, if you're in God and where He has you and where He wants you, you're not walking in the darkness, but you're walking in Him, then what can actually harm you? What can get you? John 11, 11. These things he said. And after that, he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps. But I go that I can wake him up. His disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death. But they thought he was speaking about taking a rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go. Huh. He says, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I want to go wake him up. They're like, well, if he's just asleep, if he's just taking a nap, he's resting, that's good. He's going to get better. And in this moment, I think the one thing that, not, I mean, there's so many things, but, but one of the things is that, do we understand that he sees things different than we see them? Because see, our mind sees the things of the world and sometimes has trouble understanding what God's doing and seeing the spirit world and how things really are. But in this moment and in our moments, can we understand that he sees it different than we see it? We say, God, it's too late. It's over. This thing that you've asked me to do or, or this thing that you told me was going to happen, God, this sickness that I've been dealing with, God, this, this brokenness or this sin. Why couldn't you have come two days ago? It wasn't as bad. And now it looks like it's dead. It is dead. It's not mostly dead, it's all dead. God, this, it's just, it's, it's too late now. But can we understand that when he looks at it, he doesn't see death. Yes, he had to say, no, he's dead. Because they didn't get it. But the way that he sees it, because he knows his power, and he knows what he wants to do, and he knows his plan. And he says, I'm going to go wake him up. Can you hear God saying to you today, I'm going to wake that thing up. God, it's dead. It's, it's done. I, I, I don't have enough time left or I, I just don't see how this could possibly happen anymore because it's been too long. If you could only have come a couple of days ago. 
But can you hear him saying, wake up? <laughs> and the problem is, we, it's so hard, right? So Jesus is speaking these things to the disciples. He's, he's, he's telling them, He's asleep. Okay, fine. I'll tell you he's dead because you don't understand or see the things that I see or know the things that I know. So he's dead. But I told you I was going to wake him up. And I'm like, I, 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 don't, I don't even know what to say about that. So in verse 16, Thomas, he's like, well, all right, let's go and die with you. He's like, we might, we might as well go and die with him if he's going to die. He's, he's still stuck on that people are after Jesus. He's still stuck on that, you know, that somebody's going to come and, and, and stone him or, or, you know, do whatever because they're seeking to kill him. But in this, in this verse, you know what I thought of? I, I, I thought... And Thomas's mind, he's like, well, you know, you're going, I'll go too, we're all going to die. I, I want to follow you, and I believe in you, but I'm not really sure about what's going to happen, but I pretty much think that we're all going to die. But how many times in our lives, whenever we're in these moments, right, Do we end up just saying, God, I've asked you into my heart. I trust you. I received you. And I'm going to continue to walk with you, but we're all going to die. And we just give up. I'm, I'm here, but I don't trust that you can actually do the miraculous. Whenever I think it's dead, whenever I believe that it's too late, I'm going to say, you know what, that's, I'll, I'll still follow you, God, but it's too late. just resign to the fact that it's not going to happen. But I'll still die with Jesus. Now that's not, see, that's not bad, right? Because really the ultimate reward and goal is the eternity with Him. So that's not bad. But are we giving up on what he wants to do in our life right now and just living halfway? Mostly dead. John eleven twenty. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. So uh, this story about Mary and Martha, 
<laughs> she, it's just Martha, you know? She's like, I'm not sitting around. I'm either going to be cleaning the house or I'm going to run out to meet. I'm, you're not even going to get all the way here. She just goes and does it, you know? She's like going. But Mary stayed in the house sitting there, mourning. And it says in verse 21, Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. If you had been here, if you'd been here, this thing wouldn't have progressed that, that has come into my life so far, God. If you had just been here or done something earlier, it wouldn't be to this point. But she says, but even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. I, I, but I still believe. If he, he's dead, I, I just see the, the conflict in her mind. Like I, She's like, if you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. But I believe that if you ask God, he will give you what you're asking. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Now here's the conflict that she says in verse 24. I know that I'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. He just told her, your brother is going to rise. Now he wasn't straightforward. He didn't say today. He didn't say right now. He just said he's going to rise again. She's like, okay, I've heard your teachings. I know we're all going to rise and be with you, that you're going to raise the dead and gather them together. and We're all going to be together. In John eleven twenty five, 25, Jesus said to her, I, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe? Like, I don't, man, there's something about Jesus asking questions. And I felt this deep reading and studying this. Do, because I have things in my life that I feel like, God, I trust you and I know you're working and all this stuff, but do I really stand and believe that he is working and in his time he will accomplish it. And I'm not just trying to do it on my own or just give it up and live mostly dead. Do you believe this? Do you believe that he, not that he can accomplish life or he can provide life, that he can provide resurrection from the death, from death. He is life. He is resurrection. He is those, those things that we need in that moment. God, I need healing. I've been sick. God, I need restoration. I, I, I've been broken and torn apart. I, I need God, you're healing me. This sin, this thing that's been attached to me that, that, that I can't get rid of, I need your restoration. I need 
you to wash this and, and cleanse it out of my life. God, I need this. Do you believe that He is that? See, He challenged Martha not to understand, but to believe. And this is, the one that, this is one of the things that I get tripped up on. Because I want to understand. I kind of pride myself on being able to figure things out. Tori told me I was a genius the other day. It felt really good. You know, it's like one of those things. Like I, I like to put my mind to something and figure it out. I can do it if I just have enough time to think about it and figure out what's going to happen. But he says, I'm not asking you if you understand or if you can comprehend what I want to do. Do you believe in who I am? Do you believe this? <laughs> He's like, you just said, I, I know that whatever you ask of God, he will give you. Do you believe that I'm the resurrection of the life and that I can raise him from the dead whenever I want? Do you believe that I'm your healing? Do you believe that I'm everything that you need and, it, and I am the, res, the restoration for your life, for your relationship? Do you believe it? <laughs> he still didn't say, I'm going to, clearly, I'm going to raise him from the dead. Right now. So when he asked her, do you believe this? She answers in the, in the way that she heard the question. Yeah, I believe that you're the resurrection. Yes, Lord. In verse 27, she said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. Then she left. Man. And she walks away, goes to get Mary. She runs to her and says, He's looking for you. He wants to talk to you. So Mary runs out and, and all the people that were with her because people had gathered around to mourn with them and they were there in the house and there was a big group of them and so they followed her because they think that she's going to mourn and going to the tomb just to stand out there and mourn. And they follow along with her and she comes to Jesus. And in John eleven thirty two 32, it says, Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here my brother would not have died. What do you think was being talked about the past couple of days? Both of them saying exactly the same thing. Makes me feel like that they were sitting there just talking about like, I, God, Jesus, if he, would, if he would have just come, we trust Him, we know He can do the miraculous, and we've seen Him heal the sick, and we've, we've seen Him open blind eyes. We've seen Him do all these things. If He would have just come. 
trying to understand it, trying to make sense of it. She says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She's weeping. Verse 33, therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. You know, I say a lot about really understanding what words mean and and these words that speak about Jesus' reaction are are big words that we need to understand. It says Jesus saw her weeping and everybody else that came along with her and they were all weeping. And it says that he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. See, first of all, we need to see that Jesus met Mary in her weeping and in her trouble and in her darkness. That he came. He, remember, he didn't stay away. He could have healed him from not just the next town over, but across the world. I mean, it doesn't matter where he is. He could have healed him. But he came in close to the moment and in the darkness with them so that he could be there in their trouble. See, he meets you. He meets us in our pain and our confusion, in those things that we're going through. And it says that he groaned. This is an unusual word. It it means to, like, make a noise. And what it says is, like, it's kind of like the noise that a horse makes when it's, like, agitated. I'm not even going to do it because I was so stupid. (laughs) You know, like, you know, whatever. I don't know how they do it. It says he groaned. He groaned. He he made a noise, like, and was troubled. And this word means not like he was afraid or scared or like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. It says that he troubled himself. It means to stir the waters, to agitate. He. He groaned and he agitated himself and worked up this anger in himself about what was happening before him and right in front of him. So he's grunting and groaning and getting angry and and stirring up this hatred for sin and death that he sees. It says in one of the commentaries, he deliberately summoned up himself the feelings of indignation at the havoc wrought by the evil one and of the tenderness for the mourners. He deliberately summoned up this anger for sin and death and this sadness and compassion for those that were walking in this moment. So in verse 34, John eleven thirty-four, 34, and he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. 
Come and see where we laid him. And he wept. It says Jesus wept. And this word, this word wept. Now, as custom in the day, whenever you were in mourning and somebody died, they wouldn't just cry a little bit. They would wail and scream. And it was a sign of mourning that you get, just tear your clothes off and start screaming and wailing and crying. And the more you did, the more you were mourning. You know, if I could scream louder and louder, that's how much mourning that I'm having for this person that died. Like somehow that was going to do something more. When it talks and says Jesus wept. This word means a quiet weeping. A more inside of himself. Maybe a tears running down his face, but he was torn up inside because of what was happening. John eleven thirty eight. Then Jesus again groaning in himself. Again, groaning. Ugh. I love the thought of that, actually. I don't know about you, but I'm like, yeah, come on, Jesus. Like, come into this moment with me and just growl at the devil, you know? Like, just, yeah, okay. Just love, I would love that to hear him at the enemy. 38. Then Jesus, groaning again in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and the stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench for he's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Remember that moment? He says, Do you believe? And again, it wasn't super clear that he was going to do it right away, but, but he asked you, Do you believe? who I am? Do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life? Do you believe that I can restore when I want to restore? Do you believe that I will heal? Do you believe? Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? It was a tomb. Dead things are in tombs. And the longer they're there, the more they stink. So she's like, hey, God, Jesus. She's like, he's been in there a while. By now, he's bound to be just rank, you know? It stinks in there. Let's keep the lid on the tube. But how many times have we put the stone in front of that dark place that we've put that dream that we had that God gave us? That we pushed it down and pushed it away and put a stone over it so that we can't smell the stench, you know? 
I don't even want to think about it. It's bound to be decaying and dying in there. So let's leave the stone there. Let's not get that thing back out. Because I'm not sure if I believe that you can still do it, God. It's decayed. It's rotten. There's no way. There's no, you know, we, we know the story. So we're like, yeah, roll away the stone. But those things that we've pushed aside or pushed down or said, maybe he's just not going to do it. And we've put the stone in its place, never wanting to move it again. Saying, there's no way this thing's coming back to life. There's no way this thing is going to happen. But Jesus says, roll away the stone. Roll away the stone. Roll away the stone. Let the light of His glory come into that place, that dark corner that you shoved the dream or the faith or the belief that He's going to do it. Let His light come in. Open up those dark places. In John eleven forty one, 41, says, Then they took away the stone from that place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I love this. <laughs> he says, And I know that you always hear me, but because of these people that don't believe and don't have faith and don't understand what you're going to do. But because of these people who are standing by a little too close trying to get their doubt on me. But because of these people, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Remember? Do you believe it? That they may believe you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound, hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. He says, Lazarus, come forth. And see, the early church fathers, they noted that, that when he spoke his name, he, he made sure to say, Lazarus. Why? Because if he just said, come forth, that all the graves would have opened up. They said, it, 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 it would have happened if he didn't say, just Lazarus, come up. That, that's how much power he has. And we're like, God, I'm just not really sure if you could raise this dead thing in my life back up. And 
He's there that has to speak it very specifically so he doesn't raise everything back up. And we're having trouble believing. He said, come forth. Lazarus, come forth. He's not asking us to understand when or why. He's just asking us, do we believe who he is? Do you believe he's the resurrection and the life? Do you believe that's not just what he can do, but who he is? That that's what he wants in your life. Now, he could have just said, stone, go away, and the stone moved. But he said, I need you to remove the thing that's hindering what I want to bring back to life to come out. It needs to come out, and I'm not going to move it. I want you to move it. Move the stone away. Take away the lid that you've, been, that you've put on what I want to do in your life. Stop holding me back from doing what I want to do. Do you believe? He says, open up that place to me and allow me to speak into it. Because he wants to say, come forth to that thing that's been asleep, right? We're like, no, it's dead. No, no, it's not. It's just asleep. Let him speak into that place. Let him speak into that sickness. Let him speak into that brokenness or fear to say, come forth. Come forth, dead things. Live again. Can you hear him say it? Live. Live. Do, do you believe it? Not, not do you believe that I can do this miracle. Do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life? See, these things are, are a product of who he is. Healing, restoration, these things come from him. But it's so much better to focus not on what he can do, but who he is. Because when we get more of who he is, the, the things that he can do just flows from him to us. So he asked, do you believe this is who I am? Do you believe? They said, Lazarus is coming out. It, 
he's got grave clothes on him, right? Like, it's not clothes. He's wrapped up, you know? He's like, it said it was even wrapped around his face, his head. That's maybe how you feel about that thing. I done wrapped that thing up so he can't move just in case it was going to. And not only that, I wrapped it up tight and then I put the lid on and closed it up so it would stay in that place and won't come out and just bother me anymore because I don't, I don't want to think about it anymore. But he says, remove the stone. He says, live again. What does he say? He says, unwrap. Unwrap him. Cut him loose. Cut that thing loose. Again, he could have made that happen, you know, just like fall off and then, you know, boop, which I don't know what the scene would have been, but, you know, he could have just made those fall off. But he says, I, I need you to unwrap that thing that you've bound up. I need you to take and unwind the stuff that you've wrapped that dream or that thing that you were believing for in that's keeping it from, yes, now it's, it's coming to life, but it can't move because you still have it bound up. And I need you to unwrap it and let it go. Because I'm speaking life in you. Would you stand with me? Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.